0: Welcome, Fantasyland, to the GOAT District. We appreciate you guys tuning in on the weekly with us. Make sure you tune in to catch Ballin, Triflexin, Commissioner Eval. What's the other one? Half a milli Billy. Used to be quarter milli Billy. Now it's half a milli Billy. We're just going bigger, stronger. But a lot of goodness this offseason on the GOAT District Network. Make sure you tune in tonight, guys. We are talking six players, overhyped players that you can sell right now in land. Opportunities and knocking. Let's get this thing rolling. Goat district, you know the
1: Pope. Listen, dynasty, our religion fought the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So what you going to do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now all of a sudden they don't make any sense. (laughs) Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy.
0: All right, all right, guys. Do you guys, stop for a sec. Do you guys smell that right now? Can you guys, can you guys, that's opportunity, baby. That's opportunity knocking right now. And if you have any of the players we're talking tonight, we're going to give you some serious options that can help you with your dynasty rosters, whether you're contending, not contending. We're going to give you the goods. As usual on the weekly, I got my two goats, Two of the best in the game, the man with the flow, and my man Theo, as lame as I, did, I had to do it. I had to do it. It was right there. How's it good. going, guys? How are you, man? Uh, doing good. Doing
2: good. Doing great. Doing great. So, guys, oh, tonight— You're trying to one-up
3: me. How are you, Theo?
2: That's it. That's it. <laughs> Just slightly better than Dan. Just slightly. feeling slightly better
0: uh nice he's he was checking his hair before the show you know he looked over at dan he's 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 the the competition is there right all right guys tonight's a big show because you know i think the three of us are similar in the sense that this time of year is is where you can really get opportunity to mold your rosters and make moves that are maybe ahead of the game And, and that's what we're hoping to offer tonight some of them we've already made ourselves uh dan and i have a team we share that we, we've made a pretty big move in the last week since we were on last. Um, and, you know, I think we have a nice mix tonight, nice mix of players. Before we get into specifics, guys, and I'll go to you first, Theo. How, how do you – what's your general approach with, like, when we say overhyped players, what do you consider? Because, I mean, you can look at guys that maybe you think peaked out last season or have already peaked out. Or maybe they just may have had their best season or maybe they're just right now, the price is kind of on the high end and for them to, I guess, I guess back up that value, they're going to have to perform at the ultimate peak, right. Of, of the possibilities. So where do you see a, an overhyped player? What do, how do you define that or what are the different ways that you might define it? And how do you, how do you manage them on your rosters?
2: So I think that for, for me, it's, it's being able to take a step back and say, "Is is this player at his peak value?" Uh, and as soon as they hit peak value, um, you have to weigh the opportunity cost of keeping them or moving them. Uh, I don't think any player we're discussing tonight is is a guy that's you know some you know obvious wash up guy that you're just going to pawn off on somebody. I think you're you're taking a look at guys who are peak value players where you might be able to get more for these players today than you would a year from now, or even you know, three months from now. Um, and for me, that, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, a, a sell for me is, is where I feel like I've walked away with as much value as I possibly can get for a player. Um, and those are the kind of things I'm looking to do this time in the offseason. And I think we can also use redraft to our advantage and see where guys are going in redraft. Um, because I think that kind of gauges the the dynasty mind this this time of
0: the summer.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a great great point. And then I'll let you kind of uh, maybe go a little deeper on this, but you you touched on it perfectly, and that's kind of how I saw this approach. You know, whether it's th- the moves we recently made, guys we're talking about tonight. If you can pivot nicely from one of these guys. You know give yourself similar production whether that's in 2021 in 2022 or, or you know depending on how you manage your rosters but get a little cheddar on top right then isn't that kind of one way at least to approach this and really max the opportunity off of it
3: yeah exactly and that's uh, you know that's what you want to do when you've got those super super valuable players uh, you it really owe it to yourself and your team to decide you know why are these players valuable how much of it is hype how much of it is actually backed up by on-field performance and you know if if you're looking at you're going you know the the stats are a little late in the pants we need to to think about whether this person really belongs here or not then that's the time where you want to be thinking about who else can I get who's maybe uh, a similar player in some way maybe in several ways you know maybe it's the same type of athlete maybe on the same type of offense um uh, or a similar offense, uh, you know, maybe uh, you know, same draft capital, whatever the case might be, and you want to to find that player who is at a lower value, and then get something else added to it, uh, you know, because there's a you know, there's a lot of churn at the top. You know, if you take a look at DLF's uh, dynasty uh, ratings, you know, from month to month, there's even a fairly good amount of churn, and from year to year, there's a ton of churn and you want to you want to make sure that you're hanging on to those players who are actually going to stick at the top if you're going to have players at the top otherwise you've got to sell them while you've got uh, the maximum value possible and you know you're not just selling them for cheap you're selling them for you know everything you can possibly milk out of
0: yeah and and those are all disclaimers about the guys we're going to talk about tonight doesn't mean we don't like these guys doesn't right. mean we don't like what they do on the field what they do in fantasy it's just that you, you know it, it it's it you're kind of playing the value game with, with these, with these dynasty teams. And that's the only way that you can keep competing every year and have, you know, whether it's a guy like we talked about, like age is a big factor, but also, you know, you look at guys with certain contracts coming up, you know, a guy like Chubb who may have, you know, he could have made the list tonight, but he he's coming at the end of his, his rookie contract. So what happens after that, you know, do you want to be kind of involved with that or do you rather go find someone who can give you a a similar value, similar production, and then, like we said, add the cheddar. So, we'll we'll get into the details, guys. I think I think we rounded it off really nicely with you know kind of the the macro level that we like to look at before we get into to the market. But before we do that, guys, smash the like buttons if you're watching this right now. We're giving you guys basically. I, I mean, you know, one thing I, I I like to to remind people about our show is is we're we're sharing what we're doing basically with our rosters, guys. We all play you know on on le- in leagues like on the FFPC we all play with some serious players you know like in hardway the goat leagues and you know these are moves that we're making and and i think what you'll find tonight is if you get ahead of it with some of these guys and you make the moves before the rest of fantasy land kind of catches on you'll be ahead of it and you'll be holding the cards in in a lot of those situations and a lot of those leagues all right guys let's jump right into it what's um I'll go to Theo first, man. You look, you look anxious. You're—I know you're anxious for this one. Who's your first player, overhyped player that you feel is a good sell right now to get some serious value?
2: So it's actually a player who I I really really like a lot, and I think that um, you know, in redraft I'll absolutely have some of him. But one player which I would consider selling right now is cam acres. Um, cam acres is, I think being valued at his peak, um, for dynasty. Um, there was a recent, uh, $2,500 startup in, in FFPC. I believe it's the, uh, the only one that's gone down so far and he went fifth overall, uh, in that startup. Um, I was not in this draft, but we have a couple of friends in this draft and, um, for me, it, it's showing that the, the dynasty community is valuing acres, um, Really, at, at a level we haven't seen for a guy that really hasn't shown it um, for a, a longer sample size. Um, you know, Cam Akers had a, a very frustrating rookie season for for much of the year. Um, then he started to take off a little bit towards the end. Um, he had, I believe, a 70 yard game, um, and then he followed it up with a 171 yard outburst against the Patriots in a blowout win for the Rams on Thursday Night Football, which we all saw. It was the Cam Akers coming out party. Um, it was in. It was a great time of the year for for a, a guy you've been waiting on to break out. Uh, then he follows it up with 131 yards rushing in a playoff win uh, against Seattle. Then he follows it up with 90 and a touch against Green Bay. But Cam Akers has had four games um, of 70 yards or more, and that's it. Um, we're kind of treating him like a guy who's done a whole lot more. Um, I, I get buying a guy on the way up. Um, and again, I'm going to have a lot of him in redraft, I think, because I think he is a very good value. But in Dynasty, you basically can get Jonathan Taylor payment for Cam Akers, a guy who hasn't done it for that long. Um, we're all kind of projecting the Rams to take this massive step forward as an offense with Matt Zafford. And they very well could. Um, this this might end up looking stupid for me to say trading Cam Akers. But again, for me, it's people have visions of Cam Akers becoming Todd Gurley, the next Todd Gurley for Bay. And that might not happen. I think that if he fails to cross 250 PPR points this season, then I think that he will be getting drafted lower in startup drafts a year from now. So I would consider selling him – if I can get a massive payment, um, I had one league where I moved him um, this past off season, and I moved him for Antonio Gibson and a one. Uh, there was a couple other smaller pieces, but those were the. the it was a late one, uh, like the 110 and Antonio Gibson. Um, that's the kind, of, kind of trade I would consider, um, and I think you can get a lot for Cam Akers right now. Um, and I don't think it's a guy that you have to move. Um, but I think it's a guy where you might want to see what you could get because you might be able to get an absurd amount for cam makers at this point. Yeah, totally agree with that. And just look at some of these trades here. Um, you know, none none really jump out to me. Um, but again, you know, you're you're talking about a guy like there's there's a trade right there. You get John Taylor for cam makers. And, and David Njoku. Um, I think that's a trade I would absolutely make.
0: Um, the Kamara? How do, sorry, guys. I was on mute there. I thought I was, <laughs> I thought I was talking. <laughs> and then you guys started talking, I was like, how rude, man. Look at these guys. just. But uh, e- even the Kamara move, like, you know, if, if you're selling the hype per se, you're going for it. You know, not, not too bad, but you, you kind of like the pieces where you're adding. That, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's where I like to go with these.
2: I think that you can you could even start out with trying to get a little more for one if you're going to go to older running back not old but you know you can you can really ask for there's let's put it like this there's going to be somebody in my leagues that like cam Akers more than I do and are going to be willing to pay a lot more and the fact that he's going in the top 5 of dynasty startup drafts right now I think you really use that to your advantage it's more of a price check to me price check to your league Maybe reach out to a couple of people, see what they'd be willing to trade for him. Um, you might be able to get two firsts and something else for him. You might be able to get three firsts for him. I mean, people are extremely excited to draft him. Uh, and I think you have to, you know, take a couple shots and, and see what you can get.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, because Akers is somebody that's super hot on Twitter. When somebody's super hot on Twitter, it's always worth waving them around a little bit, see what you can get for them. Uh, you know, and again, it's, you know, as Theo said, there's just, uh, you know, there's not much there there with the production. I mean, we all see the profile, and we think, and we hope, and we know what, you know, is possible with the Rams, but we're, you know, we're counting on a lot of different things to come together, and he's being priced near the top of his range of outcomes, you know, so you need to think about, you know, who else might be uh, available with a similar range of outcomes. You know, it might be as simple as just Antonio Gibson. Do a step down to Antonio Gibson and get a second rounder thrown in. Uh, something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I my acre shares I got in rookie drafts. You know, like last year he was, he was going kind of in that mid-first. Um, I know in the same draft I got JT at 102 and then I picked up um, – at 106, I think it was, Acres going in that range anyways. But he's the type of guy that I'm not necessarily going to go buy him right now. I love Akers. Like Akers, Gibson, you know, we talk about every week. They, these are guys that, that we're, we've planted our flag like a million times on them. They're very popular, but that's also why they're on this episode because a lot of people love these guys for this year. And we can even go and look at this Rams offense. And Dan, I know you're big on this defense, uh, especially when we're doing best balls. You know that's the one defense. I know you don't mind going early, and I and I've taken that approach as well in, in certain drafts. I'm just wondering if people are expecting like a very similar season to last year, where they were the top defense or one one of the top. Were were they the top top three at least?
3: They were they were right up there. I mean, depending right on your here. scoring, yeah.
0: Now, if this defense does not come back as a top two or three defense. Um, maybe closer, whether it's top 10, top 15, whatever it is, Matt Stafford's coming in. Maybe they're not leaning on the run as much. Um, you know, so there's questions there still. You can play devil's advocate where, look, you can play it as Acres has gained the value. You know what I mean? Like you've gained, it's like a stock that you bought before it blew up. You've gained your value on that stock if you drafted him. So now is a great opportunity to build more value on your roster with that gain and cash out on those gains, as opposed to sitting on it and then going into the season and maybe he gets hurt, knock on wood, maybe the offense isn't rolling as well. And guys, let's not forget, Daryl Henderson is no smoke. Like he's one of my favorite, you know, kind of late, uh, what is that? Zero running back, you know, strategy that people love to, 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 um, label, but He's, he's still young, still, you know, if he gets an opportunity, he's shown that he can, he can, you know, kind of take that lead back. I'm not saying he's going to take over acres, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of different ways. And the way I approach dynasty is I'm looking at what are the possibilities? What are the chances that this happens versus this happening? And is there enough? Spread there. If there's a two percent chance of something happening, obviously I'm not really caring. But when, when there's wider numbers there, you got to look at all the possibilities. So that's why if you hold these guys and you're able to pivot like we're talking about, you can really really help help your roster. And I think Acres might be right now the most overhyped one of the many ways that we talk about tonight, in my opinion. And
2: I think that was a great point you made about Darrell Henderson. Um, Henderson was starting to gain a little steam, and then he got hurt last year. Um, I think that obviously I think it's it's Akers is is going to get a, a ton of carries. But I do think that his value is also um, potentially hinges on his ability to get targets as a receiver. And I think Henderson could cap that a little bit. I mean, I think we could see like a Henderson have, you know, 40, 45 catches this year um, and how, what, how they use Akers in the passing game. Akers looks great catching the ball. Um, I just, I'm not convinced that that he's going to get enough targets um, this year to really, to really, uh, to really offer you that smash value as a receiver. I think Henderson, he's not going to go away. Um, I think Henderson is a is a very, very good backup, uh, but he could get a little bit of work put in. Um, McVeigh's talking up Acres, but McVeigh has, um, you know, shown a willingness to give multiple, multiple backs touches in the past, and uh, you know, with a healthy Henderson, he's definitely gonna in the mix.
3: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Dan, who's your uh, – who's number two on this list right now? I think Akers was a good start. I'm, I'm glad I went to, to Theo because I, I do think he's one of the most overhyped. He, but, you know, these guys are uncomfortable, man. It's uncomfortable to have this conversation because it's safe to, to just keep these guys on your roster. You know, mm-hmm. it's yep. safe to do that. Dan, who's your
3: guy? All right. Here's a guy I know – I know you can sell for a ton, and everybody says he's a buy. I'm not so sure that he might not be a sell. Uh, we're gonna go to number two on the June DLF Dynasty ADP, Jonathan Taylor. Nice. Uh, you know, we all acknowledge he's—he looks like he's got a ton of talent. Uh, you know, his measurables are sick. His college production is sick Uh, there's there's no question about that what there is question about is what exactly is his role going to be in the in that offense Uh, you know we saw him have a nice role towards the end of the year but at the same time he was also still sharing a lot with um, with Nyum Hines and even though he had, you know, a, a pretty good run to end the season, which um, I'm going to pull up here real quick. Uh, here we go. So, you know, we had a nice run to, to, to end the season and we all look at that and say, yep, that's the future. Uh, you know, but there are a lot of players who have a nice four or five game run at the end of a season and they end up not doing as much with it as we think, because there are other factors that we're just not taking into account. Uh, you know, uh, Tyler Higby for one, uh, you know, at, at uh, tight end, you know, there's and, and when you look at this, you know, OK, it's good. But three of those five weeks, he was just right around 20 points, which is good, but it's not great. He had two really great weeks, um, you know. So the question you have to ask yourself is: if this is the number two overall player in dynasty, and he's built it basically on a five-game sample size, plus um, you know a, a skill set that we like, isn't it something that you might want to consider? Can I get that same skill set? and maybe even that same production somewhere else and get a bunch more added to it. And, you know, for me with Taylor, I think the answer is yes. You know, like uh, I was, I was talking with Theo's uh, player that we should maybe think about Antonio Gibson and Gibson is probably a good uh, trade candidate for Taylor for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's a lot cheaper, so you can get a lot added to him. I mean, you can probably get Gibson and uh, a future first or more for Taylor. Um, And then along with that, you know, you've still got Gibson, who is a very good receiver, just like Taylor is. He's uh, probably even a better receiver than Taylor is. He's on a very good offense with a good offensive line with a heck of a defense. You know, so he's got all those things that Taylor's got going. He's got the same, uh, you know, as far as being a physical specimen, he's got that going for him as well. And then you can take all that and, you know, the, he's he's got the same things going against him and that he's got uh, J.D. McKissick, um, who is, a, you know, a possibility to steal his passing down work just like Naheem Hines is a possibility to steal uh, Jonathan Taylor's passing work. You know, to me, if I can pivot off of Taylor and I can pick up Gibson and another significant asset, that's totally worth it, you know, or if I'm on a rebuild, um, you know, Taylor is one of those uh, players that you can you can trade for uh, just a ton a ton of picks uh you know so there are a lot of different ways you can go about it but uh you know i and and there's no shortage of people who are interested in buying jonathan taylor right now
0: yeah i'm just I think sorry
3: oh go, go ahead deal, go ahead
0: no no go ahead
2: i think that there might not be a player that has more trade value right now than jonathan taylor in all of Dynasty. Um, you're going to find some people that are, will pay more for a uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, but I would say there's more people are going to want to go with the, the younger back. In, in Taylor, right? Again, um, we love Taylor, but I think that right now he's, you can get an absolute king's ransom for, for Taylor. Um, you know, there's, there's people that are that would be willing to mortgage their future and pretty much anybody on their roster for him right now. Um, And again, this is a guy that I'm taking in the the first half rounds here in redraft. But uh, Dan makes some great, great points. There's the threat of Naheem Hines. uh, There's the threat of Taylor just kind of coming back to earth a little bit. Um, And again, he's being drafted like a guy who can be running back one overall this year. I think he can be, but I think that's going to be a difficult task. Um, I have one league where I have an older team. With you know DeAndre Hopkins, um, Tyree Kill, a few guys like that, um, and I had Jonathan Taylor, and I moved him this offseason uh in a package of players uh, for McCaffrey. So I was able to get McCaffrey. Um, you know, again, I think my window is a little shorter with that team, and I believe that Christian McCaffrey will score Jonathan Taylor this year. Um, I think that some people might argue against that, but I think that that is incorrect. To me, it's a it's a gap between the two. But I, in terms of trade value, I, I don't, I don't think it's there. I think there's some guys that really, really, really want that younger back, um, and I think you can go out and, and, and trade for a McCaffrey, or you can go trade for a, a ton of good players. Like Dan said, you get Antonio Gibson plus. That's something to consider. Yep.
0: All very valid. Sorry, guys, I'm fumbling with my. Um, I might have to go back to one of you guys to drop another player because my screen has. A little freezing action going on. So, the, my my first guy I want to drop. I, I got a couple of things I got to show on the screen. So, if one of you guys are ready with uh, with a number three that you can slide in there, while I uh, get this set up,
3: you want to take yep. it
2: Sure. No um, so my my next player again, another player that we all like, and a player that I think is a is a great value in the second round and redraft this year. Um, but I would consider trading George Kittle in Dynasty. Um, I think if you're, if you're a contender this year and you're going for a, for a championship, then I think I'm holding on to Kittle. But if I'm kind of unsure about things, I'm absolutely uh, floating his name out there. I think a year ago, um, he would have been most people's tight end one in Dynasty. Um, I think now the position's become a little more um, kind of crammed together at the top. Um, We've had Kyle Pitts go uh, number four overall. Uh, He's starting to fly up um, like crazy in FFPC startups and in redraft. Darren Waller had an absolutely dominant season last year. Um, He's about the same level as Kittle right now in terms of value. Um, And I think that Travis Kelsey looks ageless, where people might be a little more sure about Travis Kelsey despite an extra year on him. He looks like a guy who's just not going to lose anything. So to me, it's – George Kittle, if I can get two firsts for him, then I'm absolutely considering it. Um, I worry about a couple of the names right behind him, like a guy like TJ Hawkinson, you know, jumping and, and getting into that top four um, and making it even more jumbled at the top. Um, I have a couple of concerns about Kittle um, as a player. Um, you know, he, we absolutely saw him smash in 2018 and 2019. You know, he was 80 plus catches. He showed his unbelievable yards after the catchability. Um, but he's a mauler as a blocker. The guy doesn't take plays off. He goes full throttle all the time. I worry about a re-injury, um, age wise, he turns 28 this season, um, which, you know, as uh, Dan is the tight end whisperer, Dan will tell you these guys age like wine and Dan's absolutely right on that. But when you start creeping up to that 30 year, 30 years old, uh, you know, you do see some fall off. Um, Guy played eight games last year, um, and again, he's a second rounder in redraft. It all makes sense, um, but against the the lines blurring a little bit. And one other thing is, I think that Brandon Ayuk is absolutely the real deal, um, and a healthy Debo Samuel. I think that there's a chance that a little more, a little more jumbled for who's the number one uh, receiver in San Francisco. I think that there's a range of outcomes where Brandon Ayuk is the number one uh, target in San Francisco, um, and I think that that could could maybe take a little bit off of Kittle. Um, Trey Lance could make that offense shoot up to the moon, but that doesn't necessarily benefit Kittle. Um, so I would float him out there a little bit, um, see what you get. You know, if I could get a, a T.J. Hawkinson plus a couple of picks, I'm um, I'm absolutely considering that. I have one team that is a rebuild and I moved George Kittle to first this past off season. Um, I was fine doing that. Um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to replace the tight end position um, in the FFPC, but I, I have a little bit of, of reservations that, that I've kind of explained. And I'm interested to hear what you guys have to think about George Kittle.
0: I'll, I'll jump in just cause I, he was a guy I almost used for this, this segment and I, that's why I said to you all kind of piggyback because I have like a specific situation and you kind of touched on it. I think because it's so hard to get one of these studs, especially like in a tight end prime, and I'll even show what I did here in a um in an FFPC, which is tight end prime, obviously. And this is a move I recently made, uh when was that? June June 4th. So yeah. basically for me that's that's the caveat that's like the uh the uh the caveat then Dan, Dan, yeah. you're, my, you're my english professor What is is that what i'm talking about here yeah, so, so that, that that is the caveat
3: Very so good.
0: the only the only way i'm moving Kittle, uh and and theo you touched on two guys if i'm in reno mode or rebuild i'd consider tj hawk and fant good pivots to to Kittle. But I think as a contender, the only way that I'm moving Kittle is if I'm getting Waller. And if you'll see here, the deal that I made, I sent two guys that I think are good sells right now in Kittle and DJ Moore. I added Najee Harris, who I picked up in the, the rookie draft, and Denzel Mims. And I got Darren Waller, Dalvin Cook, Madison, and T Higgins. So for me, I really needed help at the running back position just to, to solidify with acres and and Jonathan Taylor's uh, a nice running back three. It's not that I don't like Harris. Uh, This is a a matter of uh, ownership percentage. And also I have zero cook and for him to be what I consider, you know, maybe my running back three in this offense. I, I, I love this move, but I'm showing this just to say, this is my exception is as a contender, if you're moving Kittle, you got to be getting immediate production right away. I think TJ Hawk and and, Han, and Fant, depending on how you feel about them for 2021, could be uh, fallback options as pivots. But for me, Waller is really the, the direction I wanted to go. Uh, it was the only way I was going to move him in in that league. And I managed to get it done by adding the pieces that I
3: did. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think one of the... Key things with Kittle and, you know, tight ends aging like fine wine and all that is, you know, a lot of them do age like fine wine and some of them age like uh, crap. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, Rob Rob Gronkowski, uh, you know, was great for a long time. But then when he fell off, he really fell off and he had to take a year out of football to even start beginning to show glimmers of the old Gronk. And, you know, that's really all we've seen is glimmers. Uh, and the thing that they they share in common, Kittle and Gronk, is the fact that they're extremely willing blockers and tough blockers. And they're constantly going up against these guys, you know, and, and put their body on the line on plays where they're not a receiver, right? Uh, you know, so anytime you've got a, a tight end who does a lot of blocking, you know, plays the inline role a lot. I don't think they age quite as well. And so I'd be looking to get off them. I mean, I, you know, with Kittle, I don't have a huge sense of urgency as in, you know, I don't feel like I got to move them this month or anything like that, but I'd sure like to move them before the season if I can, or certainly within the first month of the season, because there are some other things we got to think about with San Francisco too. You know, you've got Trey Lance who is going to be the quarterback there sooner or later, uh, you know, who's fantastic with his legs. He's, supposed to be a good passer as well I think he will probably develop into being a good passer but you know in his you know his early run as a quarterback I think that they're probably going to make the offense a little bit more uh, conservative they're probably going to lean on that running game which they love to lean on anyway you know and then as Theo was talking about you know we've got a couple other really good receivers there you've got that running game of Trey Lance's quarterback he's probably going to be pulling the ball down on a lot of pass attempts and running and using his legs instead, you know, so there's a lot of downward pressure on Kittle's attempts right there. And so, you know, it just pays to try to get out in front of that and, you know, and sell them now while you
4: can.
0: I will add this Theo, the reason I was telling you, I I was trying to make a case for Kittle and, and I didn't want to come on the show and just throw names unless I could actually draw, you know, put it, put a valid case forward. I looked up the game splits I thought for sure I had that with Ayuk and and Debo with their injuries last year. Like all three of these guys, you know, the whole team offensively was dealing with injuries. So you would think that maybe, you know, the the, the year prior, the uh, Ayuk not being there, and you know, so then I'm I'm trying to find something there, and it was actually a huge difference in the favor of whenever either Debo or Ayuk were involved in the game, Kittle's points were significantly higher in PPR. So that's where I could not make the case. So I just wanted to drop, you know, that information on there. Um, if people do look that way or, or, you know, think that that's a reason to to maybe dock Kittle. But you guys, you guys covered everything, man, like the blocking, um, the, the uncertainty, where this offense goes. If, you know, Jimmy G is not the guy for 2021, we don't know what this offense looks like, right? um so just a lot to think about about a you know a very valuable piece especially on in leagues and ffpc like we talked about so it's a ballsy move and with all these guys i'm going to keep repeating it you're not just trading them because they're listed on our show or they're on a article that you read that says they're cells these are very very important pieces in dynasty if you're moving them you need to know why you're doing it uh, i was like to me it's like um you know, if you're going to trade something, it's because you want to buy something else. You already have your plan in your head. You're not just trading just to trade, guys. So any of these guys that we talk about tonight, we're, we're trying to be very specific on pivots and options and, and you know, specific trades so that you're not just giving them away at, as sells. So it, I want to just, you know, make that clear. Yeah. I don't think anyone's giving them away, but, you know, just to, just to put the little disclaimer on there, you never know
3: um it's not sell at any cost it's it's sell for a profit you know exactly get, get market value uh, get over market value if you can because a lot of times with these guys you can get over market value somebody's really in love with them and that's the that's the guy you want to find in your league you don't want to take the first offer that comes along you want to make sure everybody um uh, you know you can find out who's that person who really really likes this player
2: Especially since we're always talking about FFPC a great deal, um, that people are so unwilling to move top-level tight ends and top-level running backs that if you're willing to do so, people see that as an opportunity they cannot pass up. This is something I'm willing to overpay for. It's a scarce, scarce resource that's never going to come my way again. And I think you might get an, an absolute king's ransom for some of these guys. And a lot of people view that elite tight end or that top running back as their missing piece to their dynasty team, no matter what. So uh, yeah, I mean, Dan and JD hit on a lot of great things right there, but I think it's, you're willing to sell something scarce. And I think that's something that um, can end up working in your favor. Um, It's a hard thing to swallow to an elite talent player, but if you could end up getting, you know, 40% more than their value, I think that's something you absolutely consider.
0: So. All right, guys. I think I have this set up properly. You're talking running backs and tight ends. Definitely two of the, the hardest positions, you know, the, to, to, just to feel comfortable at, especially in a premium with tight end. I'm going to talk about one of the top running backs in the game right now who's coming back from injury in, in Saquon Barkley. And the reason I wanted to make sure we talked about this guy tonight is, look, you're talking about a guy going as the RB2 to RB, what, 6? You know, if you're looking at best ball. But Dynasty, he's a top three RB right now in in most cases. So, Dan, you actually brought this to my attention uh, where it actually got my attention. Like I had seen, you know, whispers out there. But you think of Barkley, you think of a guy, again, Talent-wise, no question, the, guy, the guy's a beast, you know, and and you see him on Instagram, you see him out there, you see him working out, so you think, you know, this guy's going to heal really nicely. So I'm going to play this, Dan. You actually brought this to my attention. I'm going to try to share it and play it. I'm really hoping this doesn't sputter or, you know, the interweb just doesn't work with me here, but have a listen to this, guys, and you you tell me how you how you feel about it. I'll just play the first couple minutes you guys can go look for it uh on your own
4: hey everyone it's raj from 3cb giant star running back saquon barkley suffered a right knee acl mcl and meniscus injury known as a quote unhappy triad of the knee in week two versus the bears the injury occurred when he planted his right foot and his right knee caved in. This is quite typical of a non-contact mechanism of injury. The team is still waiting to have surgery until this swelling... So
0: you saw on the screen there, 10 to 11 months. So
4: the question first becomes, what is the typical return timeline here? For NFL players, that return timeline is... Ab-
0: Whoa, beautiful. See, we were doing so well. <laughs> there we <you laughs> go.
4: 10 months. That means Saquon would very, very likely be back for the start of next season. That being said, the key to understanding his post-injury performance is patience. Typically, we've found that it takes about 18 to 24 months, a year and a half, to two
3: 18 to
0: 24 months. Uh, anyways, you know what? That's where I was going to end it. So I'll try to get out of it. But that was that was all I wanted to play. Like I said, guys, go check out the video. Dan actually brought this to my attention. Maybe I'll try to retweet it um, so you guys can can have a look at it. Let me get out of this share screen here. Um, so, yeah, so that was the first thing. And I, I'm not going to share my screen again because it, it's it's obviously not working very well. But there's an article here uh, that I pulled up on TSN. Uh, it's like the. Uh, the Canadian ESPN for, uh, for my fellow Americans. But just talking about Barkley right now, diligent in rehabbing injured, his injured knee in term of, in terms of where he's at right now, he comes in every day. He attacks every day from a rehab standpoint. Judge said he's had a phenomenal attitude and great positive. We're going to make sure that we take Saquon's rehab at the correct rate for his individual body and injury. So to me, if you look at what's going on right now, and I even dropped some tweets um, again that I was hoping to share very nicely. So we'll work on the internet connection for next time, but just some tweets saying that, you know, he's not going to be available for OTAs, you know, so on, so on. Look, he's not a rookie. You know, I'm not um, necessarily afraid of him missing certain aspects of the preseason, but I'm going to go to you guys. Dan, I'll go to you first, just because you kind of brought this to my attention Um, And then I'll talk about a trade or you can even bring up the trade if you want, but we'll, we'll drop the trade that we recently made moving Saquon on a team with concerns for 2021, you know, and, and I think that's the concern. And and Dan, we're in some, you know, fairly big money leagues, big buying leagues where you, you know, a season goes by and you go to the next, that's, that's some money you dropped on the table. So you want to win now. And if Barkley's your RB one, you want to know that he's there for you in, in, in the year coming up. So Dan, how do you feel about Barkley as a sell, anything I, I talked about there and and how you're managing him right now?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, for more of my Barkley thoughts, you can go back to last week's um, goat district pod. And uh, oh, cool. I, I, I talked it, uh, at length about him then too, but you know, the main thing to keep in mind is this wasn't just a simple ACL. It's not like what Adrian Peterson had. Uh, this also involved the eight, the MCL and a meniscus tear that needed to be repaired, not just a trim job, but, you know, like sewing up the meniscus. And the the combination of those is definitely a lot more serious. It's a lot harder to recover from, uh, you know, the confidence is a lot more tough to get back. And so that's that's gonna be something that, you know, I, nobody can guarantee what's gonna be happening with Saquon in September. You know, it, it's is it possible that he comes back and he's playing full speed? It is, definitely. But it's also very possible that he's not. And that's not being priced into, uh, you know, what he's going for right now. So you definitely want to, you know, again, look and see what can I get for Saquon Barkley? Can I get a running back or some asset that I feel is equivalent, uh, that's cheaper, and also get something else added in. Uh, So like for our trade, um, we took on Antonio Gibson and yes, I know Antonio Gibson's toe. I'd rather take a chance on a player who had a toe injury about nine months ago, which will it will be, uh, you know, at the at the time the season starts in September, versus a player who had you know that that massive knee injury. Uh, even though it happened in September. Uh, It just seems like better odds to me. And again, you know, we've talked about Gibson already as being a a good pivot from some of these more expensive running backs because he has so many things going in his favor. Uh, We also added to that Curtis Samuel. So it was like we kind of got the double stack in Washington with uh, Gibson and Samuel. You know, and the the added bonus is if something happens with Gibson, Samuel is going to be a ton more involved. Uh, You know, so it's almost like buying a little bit of an insurance too. And we can certainly, you know, if we need to, we can go out and get us some J.D. McKissick. But, you know, I think Gibson's the guy. I feel strongly that uh, he's, he's going to be uh, a top six running back at the end of this year.
0: Nothing like getting a DM that you were supposed to cut down your roster to a certain amount by yesterday. Shout out to Matt Hicks. Hey, back-to-back champion, man. I can, I can hold the league, so now they got to wait another week for waivers. Too bad. Too bad you let me win the league two years in a row. I'm going to slow you down to my pace. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, sorry, I had to throw that in there. Uh, Theo. I mean, I don't like hearing
2: there's no timeline for his return. It's, right. it's you know, we, it's just, we, we like answers in fantasy football. And um, it just seems like there's this shroud
0: of mystery. Especially, especially at that price.
2: Especially at that price. And and the Giants, the as a franchise, they absolutely love Saquon Barkley. Um, they seem fiercely committed to him. They want to see him come back. Every, every chance they get, they're praising the way that he's attacking his rehab. Well, um, I'd love to hear you know, he's going to be ready for week one. Um, I'd love to hear somebody say we expect him for week one. Um, we haven't heard any of that. Um, again, if you're in Football Guys drafts, you're you're doing your drafts this time of year. Try to add Devontae Booker with that 19th or 20th round pick. You might end up with two or three starts out of Devontae Booker. You might end up with more starts out of Devontae Booker. If this is really a slow process. Um, so, yeah, I, I I have some Saquon Barkley. I absolutely love his talent. But, um, yeah, I'm a little concerned as well. Um, I think that the pivot you guys made in our league, the fact that you got Curtis Samuel on top of Anthony Gibson, um, that's the kind of uh, kind of value I'd look for. Um for, for me, you know, I'm, I'm most likely just holding Saquon at this point. Um, kind of what's done is done, but I actually have him. I have Devonte Booker on both teams, uh, with Saquon, uh, one team with, uh, Andrew Schellenberg, a fellow goat. Um, and then one team, um, kind of on my own, I've managed that Devonte, and I'm I'm glad I did so because I'm a little less optimistic about my teams. Th- those two teams are, you know, teams I, I view as contenders, um, i i'm hoping he's back but uh i'm starting a little word
0: yeah i have one share left and it's it's not a very deep team so if i don't it's him and acres like i got i got henderson you know like i got time so that's why that's kind of what, what my point was with this and that's what dan really where dan got my attention is where money matters the buy-in might be a bit bigger i want to win now if I can pivot nicely, and again, I'm not just giving him away. I'm like Theo. If I, if I, if, if sitting on it is the only option, I have zero problems. You still have one of the top pieces in Dynasty right now. So even if his 21, it's going to be one of these where if you don't move him now, you're going to have to hold him till 2022, till he gets back on the field and he shows that he's the man. That's that's if what we're saying is actually what plays out. The possibility of it, the fact that it's a pretty significant chance that that's how it plays out. And in 2021, whether that's the first half, the first four weeks or the first 10 weeks, that's significant at his price. So that's why we're just outlining, man. If you can pivot and get a nice return. We did Gibson and we were pretty high on on Curtis Samuel. We thought that was a nice return in that type of league. Uh, We're happy with it. Maybe you got a different guy you want to pivot to, but it's something to think about. And all these, that's what it is. It's something That's what Dan made me think about, something that I wasn't necessarily thinking. I wasn't thinking, damn, I, I need to move Barkley if I want to compete this year. But you look into it and you're like, yeah, this many shares, maybe I move a couple, you know, and get a little more comfortable. All right. Who's the next guy?
3: Um, I can take that. Uh, let's, let's go back to the uh, screen here. I
0: love, I love how Dan comes with props. I'm so impressed right now. You don't even understand.
3: <laughs> All right. So we're, we're going to move down the list a little bit. We're going to move to the wide receiver four in Dynasty football. So we have uh, Jefferson at wide receiver one. And uh, we honestly, we could have a conversation about him too. Uh, Tyree Kill, uh, AJ Brown, and then we have DK Metcalf. So let's – let's just talk a little bit about uh, DK Metcalf and why he's there Uh, because I don't really quite see it you know if we take a look at DK Metcalf and what he's done over the past two years he has a grand total of five wide receiver one weeks over his entire two-year career You can say well yeah he was a rookie that first year we shouldn't count it as much and yeah he got uh you know, he got four pretty nice weeks last year. But again, you know, you look at, you know, we're talking about how uh, Jonathan Taylor finished off the season as a reason for optimism. You take a look at how DK Metcalf finished off the season here. And that's a little bit more reason for pessimism. Um, You know, and again, I know, you know, it's, it's a small sample size. We don't want to take that too seriously. Just like I said, with Taylor, but, what we do have to take seriously is that he's on a run-first offense. I mean, there's no question that Seattle wants to run the ball. That's a big part of their identity. Uh, they changed offensive coordinators, but I still see them running the ball a, a good bit. They, they kept all the players they needed to for the running game. And then also we've got Russell Wilson, who this kind of looks like it could potentially be his last year in Seattle. And that's a not insignificant risk for a player like DK Metcalf. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson throws a great deep ball. He's somebody that you want as a quarterback for a player like DK. And DK, uh, you know, he's been, if you bought him uh, as a rookie, you know, congratulations to you. You know, you've you've put yourself in a position to make a huge profit. But sometimes the, the way to get the best profit is to know when to get out. Like if you were if you were in Bitcoin and you saw a sixty thousand dollars hit, right, uh, and you didn't get out there, well, it's half that now. Uh, you know, DK Metcalf could be worth half of what he is right now at this time next year, uh, and I don't think it's very far fetched to say that uh, because again, he just doesn't he hasn't had that many wide receiver one weeks. He's on a running team. Uh, you know, granted, his quarterback is very good, but I I think, you know, when you've got a player who is listed as the number four wide receiver in Dynasty right now, and this is his track record, that's saying it's time to get out, you know, and you can you can pivot off of DK pretty easily and uh, move to any number of receivers that could do just as well. I mean, heck, you could move to his teammate, Tyler Lockett and probably get a couple firsts thrown in besides. So uh, what do you guys think?
2: I think that, that Tyler Lockett was a great name to bring up. Um, the the Seahawks just gave Tyler Lockett uh, sixty nine million. It was a nineteen million dollars signing bonus. Um, he's very much part of the office. And DK, you know, a, anybody who drafted DK last year in redraft or if you had him in dynasty, you absolutely crushed. Um, you know, he he outperformed his AP, um, and he finished as wide receiver seven overall. But Tyler Lockett was wide receiver eight. So it's there's a there's a huge gap between the two of them, um, in in actually in redraft there's a rather large gap, and in dynasty there's a huge gap. So I think that it's a little closer. Um, there's it's a little closer than, than people think. Um, and I think with with DK, like Dan said, um, if you're gonna trade DK, you could trade DK in a in a some sort of a package and, and trade DK for AJ Brown. You could trade yeah. DK for Calvin Ridley. Um, you could, you know, people people are going to give you a top notch wide receiver, and the fact that DK is um, so young, um, I think that you know you could get a, a top notch wide receiver and then something on top. Um, so again, we we love DK, but um, you know he's absolutely being drafted at his peak, and do we ever foresee? Do we ever? Foresee see a wide receiver one overall season for dk because i do not no um and he's kind of being valued as a guy who could have a wide receiver one overall season if he's gonna do it it's going to have to be on an absurd amount of touchdowns
0: which he's capable of but i don't necessarily see it i i think dk wins you weeks but he's not going to win you a season and I, i you know i made a move about a month ago now may 8th not the most popular move, but most of my moves are not very popular. Sent Robinson, James Robinson, DK Metcalf, Mike Gasicki. This is trade addicts five, so it's super flex, tight end premium. Gasecki and a 2023 20, third for Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Mike Davis, and a 2023 second. So I upgraded my third. I went from Metcalf to Thomas. I added a quarterback and a super flex, and I also own Camara. And I feel like I prefer Mike Davis at his price than James Robinson. So I'm losing Gusecki, but I'm stacked at tight end in, in that league. But just just an example of maybe I didn't get the farm for, for Metcalf, but I feel that I put my team in a better position in a league that I want to compete this year. Uh, by getting myself the the New Orleans offense there in, in Thomas. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the nice thing at receiver, Dan, maybe not to the extent of tight end, but your pivots don't necessarily need to be young guys like they do at the running back position, right? And it gives you more options. So all right. these guys that are starting to lose value but have shown you wide receiver one, like one overall type seasons in Adams and Thomas and, you know, Hill and, these guys start to lose value probably before they should in fantasy. And, and I think that that's a huge mistake that that players make, uh, especially in these, uh, you know, in the higher stake buy-ins. Because, you know, you want guys that are producing now, not what they they might want to bring. And when you go from DK to Thomas, you hope that DK becomes Thomas, you know, in, in my opinion, in, in production-wise, like fantasy-wise. Um, so just, a, just an example there, and I'm, I'm all about it. And you know what? As much as I love stacking, that's a team where I had Russell and, and I had that stack and I did draft DK Metcalf as a rookie. Um, so that was just a, a little move I made, but I agree with you with DK. He's, he's up there with uh, a couple other receivers that I'll bring up later on. And, and I'm, I'm even going to ask you guys about a third or, or a fourth receiver that uh, I want to know if you guys think should be added to that list. All right, guys, before we do anything else,
3: I, I, I got to throw in one more. You've you mentioned, uh, I believe, Michael Thomas is a possible pivot. Uh, you know, you could probably get Michael Thomas in a, a 2022 first for Metcalf yeah, right absolutely. now. From, from the right owner. You know, and absolutely. that's that's a smash accept mm-hmm. because Thomas mm-hmm. is going to rebound big time. He's still only 28 years old. I mean, you know, 28 is, is not a death sentence for a wide receiver. Yeah, they're not going to have as much trade value moving forward. But you know what? If you're looking to win leagues, this is the way you go.
0: Exactly. All right, guys, smash the like button. You're watching right now. We're giving you all this goodness, specific players, specific moves. And you hear us talking about it right here the FFPC, Dynasty Startups. Starting from $77, we call it high stakes, but it, it, guys, $77, I mean, most of my, you know, friendly leagues are are kind of in the 50, 70, 80-ish range, uh, maybe 40, you know, on, on the light end, but so it's a good starting point, and they have every format, best ball, super flex, standard, I mean, Theo and, and Dan and I are, are all over these dynasty teams, Theo's got, I think, 49,003 teams now, something <laughs> like that uh that he between the orphans he's picked up and the drafts and the triflexing and the the you know bicep flexing and whatever else Brock Lesnar's doing over there but no man I, I all jokings aside there's a reason Theo is all over these rosters and, and Dan and I are on here you know playing in the nosebleed type of leagues with you know we we cone because we you know we like to keep it uh spread the wealth Dan we want to spread the wealth right we're hoping to, to take some ships this year we got to uh we got to step up the game this year and, and take down some ships uh, in In some of these big leagues, but again, guys, best balls slow live super flex one q b up to twelve fifty like thirty five dollar starting easy up to twelve fifty and those thirty fives they you win those leagues, they get you into some big money leagues, and speaking of big money leagues, three point nine million dollars in prize pool money, half a million grand prize. Right now you save a hundred, or that's old actually. So ignore the bottom. We gotta we gotta take that out. Alex, turn away, please. (laughs) And then you've got and then you've got this one also. Actually, no, this goes till June 30th. So this is the football players' championship. This is again, I always say this is how I got into the FFPC. I love this thing, man. It's like three to three fifty buy-in. If you buy three teams, you get a, a nice discount on it. Right now, the early bird, if you register by the 30th of June. Uh, And draft by the 15th you will get a promo uh, bonus of $35 which you know as we just showed you gets you into a best ball and then guys 100,000 grand prize this is a best ball tournament $125 entry I'm gonna keep it light I'm gonna go two or three maybe five I don't know what do you guys think (laughs) <laughs> you always these things come up and you're like hey i'm not gonna go nuts i'll just go a couple and then it's like august and you're just hammering you know yeah i don't know anything to add guys on ffpc tell these people man my ffpc.com if you're not on it they got to be on it right
3: yeah absolutely i mean the ffpc just has so many different options for you know whatever style of play you like uh so it's you know if you want a tournament you can do a tournament if you want standalone leagues you can do standalone you can do redraft you can do dynasty you can do best ball you can do all kinds of price levels you can do super flex you can do regular you can do triflex, I mean you know there's there's very little that the FFPC doesn't have so uh, it's a it's a great place to get involved with you're gonna find that uh, it's it's also extremely addictive and uh, if you got involved with FFPC at at uh my you know suggestion and you're addicted now i'm sorry uh I'm sorry <laughs> to your wife your significant other but uh i'm not sorry to you because you know you're loving it
2: and yeah, we no, will be dude. having uh we'll be having the back-to-back football champion on the goat district next week in a, a ah, B- yes. Ab- yes. is coming on so we're really excited to have Abib on and sharing some uh, of his amazing strategies. so that's going to be pretty awesome
0: is what i was trying to play when dan was talking are
2: you not entertained are you not entertained is this not here?
0: for sure my favorite movie quote right now anyways um all right guys seriously my ffpc.com check it out all right who do we have left who have we not talked about dynasty wise because we're at we're trying to be a little we're trying to help you guys digest these a bit we're trying not to go like two hours every single show so we're going to finish these these um these cells overhyped cells and we're going to try to touch on the julio trade um and i know i'm going to go last because because there's I think a few you got the last one
3: i think we've done five already
0: there all right so I, i've got two names and i'm going to ask you guys about the third so right now I think 3 of the you know we talked about the acres the gibsons the the rookie running back studs right now those young guys that are just flashy and shiny and you just want them all over your rosters you got similarities on the receiver end you've got guys like Justin Jefferson just had a monster league in a in a in a team that I mean what were they bottom 10 or bottom 8 then in passing last year passing attempts per game I know they're bottom 10 at least uh offensively and then you've got another guy that i'm going to bring up in cd lamb again i love these guys as receivers but if you look at where they're going they're going top eight receivers right now top eight or top six yeah um top six i believe actually
3: yeah, so, yeah. i mean jefferson's at number six overall he's he's the number one receiver right now yeah, you beat
0: me too. I was trying to pull up my uh, my mojo. So he's actually Jefferson's going at the as the wide receiver two, right now oh, on
3: yeah so, uh, on FFPC on uh, DLF ADP. is number one.
0: Yeah. So so they have here right now. This is like in the last uh, what is it? Last thirty days or last six days? Last six days, I think they do on Mojo. And he's got AJ Brown as the wide receiver one. He's he's the guy I want to ask you guys about. I want to know, and you know that that'll kind of bleed into the to the last part of the show, talking about the Julio trade. But I feel like AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Dan, you talked about the other guy, DK Metcalf, and then I think the last guy that you can include in there is CD Lamb. Um, I think if you can pivot from any four of those guys nicely to an equivalent production, you know, we talk about Devonte Adams, Stephon Diggs, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, even like a. I don't know, like a Terry McLaurin for me is is a maybe a really nice cheaper option. Uh, maybe you guys correct me if the pri- if I'm off with the price there. How do you guys feel about those four receivers? Do you see uh, opportunity there if you hold them on your rosters? Kind of similar to what Dan presented with DK. I'll go to you first, Theo. So
2: for me, it, Jefferson, you have I think is is a better argument um because again he's he's wide receiver 1 um lamb you're not going to get as much as you would for for jefferson um and i think you would be trading lamb before he peaks i think if i think lamb is on his way to becoming great i i i just i don't want i would not want to sell sell lamb i think that you know what's what's coming for lamb is a potential jefferson like season i think if you want to consider selling Jefferson for, for lamb. Um, you could get lamb plus for Jefferson. Um, lamb went ahead of him in, in every single rookie draft. We like the prospect profiles coming out of college more for lamb. And I think that there's a possibility that lamb could overtake him. Um, again, it, it would be really hard for me to move Jefferson. Um, just because I, I again, feeling had 14 touchdown receptions last year. Um, I think that there's potential that Jefferson lives up to the hype um, and his touchdown totals go way up. Um, So I don't know. These these ones are harder for me. And the A.J. Brown one, I just can't get behind trading A.J. Brown right now. Um, I think some, some of the communities kind of reacted a little bit with Julio coming over there to somehow downgrade him. I just, I can't see it. I mean, last year, AJ Brown had close to uh, hundred, hundred targets and he finishes wide receiver 12. I mean, I think that whether Julio's, you know, whether Julio gets 115, 120 targets this year, regardless, I think you're going to see AJ get 104 targets. So I think again, it would be hard for me to, to, to sell those guys. Cause I think that they might be worth more a year from now, but Jefferson's already at wide receiver one overall. So, um, like you'd be selling you know he's he's the number one wide receiver right now so um like like does he those not those have ones to finish, give me a lot of pause
0: like he's got to finish top three right jefferson for you to get your money's worth basically a year from now
3: right yeah I think yeah i mean jefferson could easily be the wide receiver you know eight nine ten something like that next year
0: and yeah. and that's the thing with all these guys and like i know i i, I agree with like actually seriously valid point with cd not hitting his his peak yet whereas justin has but dude cd's going as wide receiver six i mean if you look at other guys around him in that in that range with what he's shown you i mean do you put let me let's do a little otc right now dan i'll go to you first because i know you like this guy do you rather have ridley or cd lamb
3: Uh that's it's very very close i mean for a win now this year i'll take uh, Ridley, uh, but again, I, I think that's just because I think C.D. Lamb's best season is yet to come. Uh, I, I also think Ridley's best season might be yet to come. So, uh, you know, the the actual answer is I'd be thrilled to own either one
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no for, well it's like that with all these guys right, and, right, and right. this, yeah this, i
3: want
2: i want this, every single player we discuss tonight i mean well, means, <laughs>
0: this, this <laughs> is literally one of the hardest shows to prep for for that reason like i kept putting names in our dm and then i'd try to put an argument together and i'm like dude i can't even do it like i can't even put one together right now so i'm going to the next guy you know and that that's what it is. You, you these are really value, and that's kind of what it is, right? We don't want to put obvious sells. Like that's that's lame. You go on it, you know. Right.
3: You, you put everybody, a, everybody knows to sell Derrick Henry. Everybody knows, you know, yeah. right? We got it. You know, he's old.
0: Yeah. Yeah, mind yeah, I mean, you. Go ahead. go ahead.
3: The wide receivers
2: are talking about it's, it's Just so these are the kind of guys that that you want to build your roster around. It's very difficult for me to kind of, kind of move these guys. I mean, the, the, the the lamb for Ridley trade right now. I mean, I might, I have a lot of Calvin Ridley, but I might go lamb. I think lamb is, I think lamb could be this year's, you know, huge breakout star. Um, you know, he looked so good with Dak Prescott. He's such a talented player. Um, that's a, that's a really, really hard OTC, JD. That's a really, really hard one. But uh, I'll, I'll. And I'll, and go I'll throw. With what Derek said. I want both.
0: A, you totally want both. And, and I'll throw this out there. Like, I, I mentioned those three guys because I know those three are probably the three hot, you know, top mm-hmm. three hottest names as receivers. But C- I've been buying C.D. Lamb since the offseason started till now. Um, I sent Juju in 107 for CD Lamb in an FFPC league, which I loved. Um, Dan, what I was trying to I was trying to pull it up. What's the move we made for? Was it for CD and Barkley?
3: Uh, no, we, we got CD uh, for Kamara. It was a it was a blockbuster. We had like a big one. Kamara and Hawkinson on one side. CD Irv Smith uh, 106. There, there, was a whole lot of things changing okay. things there, and it was, you know, it was a good trade for both sides. Those are the kind of trades I like to make. Uh, you know, I, I do need to, to jump in here because, as uh, you know, the leading uh, <laughs> drum beater <laughs> for AJ Brown one hundred and one, uh, I, I will, I will stand this heresy no longer. Uh, AJ Brown is the one hundred and one; should always be the one hundred and one. He is long from having his best season he's going to have several more seasons in the future that are better than anything he's had in the past. Um, so yeah, A.J. Brown, you don't want to move off of him at all. Uh, Jefferson. Yeah. I, I move off of him. Lamb, I think we, we talked about being a little bit too early. Here's the one thing we didn't mention about Jefferson. who Who is uh, D, or A.J. Brown's uh, quarterback going to be next year? Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill. almost yeah. certain, right? uh who's lamb's quarterback going to be next year that's gonna be duck who's jefferson's quarterback going to be next year
0: you're the you're the vikings fan you tell us
3: (laughs) i'd say it's 50 50 at best it's gonna be cousins uh you know i i think the vikings could be looking to move on they did draft kellen mond i mean i don't know that kellen mond is the answer i mean he's 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 a possibility but uh You know, Cousins is getting awfully expensive and it's getting awfully tough to hang on to. So, uh, you know, I think there's a real chance that there's a different quarterback there. And again, you know, Jefferson's playing on an offense that wants to run the ball. Uh, You know, I think Jefferson has probably had his best season of his career. I'll go out and say that right now. So if you're looking for something that's spicy, that's it. Jefferson has had his best season as a pro.
0: Yeah, Minnesota were bottom six last year in passing. Uh, I, I, I'm fine moving off of any of, of that, uh, that passing offense. That's, that's kind of why I made that move for cook and Madison, because I do think they're going to run the ball more. Um, funny. Cause like I said, Tennessee third, you know, third, uh, lowest passing attempts, but I'm with you, dude. AJ Brown was injured last year. Uh, I love Julio going there. And not only are they like probably two of my favorite receivers on the same roster, but, I just love what Julio will take away from uh, for AJ Brown. But I also love how he opens it up for Ferkser. Like, I, I feel like Ferkser might actually become an even bigger buy because people are thinking, oh, now he's the third guy or the fourth guy on the – on the. but did we really think Ferkser was going to be – I think it's Pat Corain that was talking about how, like, you know, is Ferkser really going to be the number two option <laughs> in an offense, you know? I, I think it's better for him to be the third, fourth, you know, option as opposed to being the go, one of the go-to guys. So I kind of like what Julio does for this offense because he's not really replacing anything in, you know, if you, right. if you get the way that that offense runs, where I think that people might still downgrade those pieces around him in Tennessee thinking that he's going to. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that um, I think
2: that it's, it's kind of funny to see the, the way people are reacting to this trade where people are downgrading AJ and upgrading Julio, it it totally makes zero sense to me. I mean, we're we're getting the the whole thing is is very odd. Um, the, it, what it should do is upgrade Ryan Tannehill for you, um, mm-hmm. but I think that a lot that some of the reactions this week were, were just very very odd to see at least.
0: So so is this your last opportunity to sell Julio? Um, I I mean, are you are you waiting for that two touchdown, hundred and ten yard, <laughs> right?
3: Yeah, I mean, if you can get that that good first week game out of them or second week game, then yeah, you're probably going to be better off. But
0: or, or or the hype building up to it because you right. know be hype. I I didn't look at their schedule, but whatever that yeah. first possible offensive blow up game.
3: Any anything yeah. can happen between now and then. You know, when you're talking about older players, you don't want to. um, uh, you know, if you're looking to sell an older player and you might just want to hang on to them and, and just enjoy the production, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you're looking to sell an older player, you know, with younger players, I'm, I'm a lot more willing to be patient with an older player. If I see a sell window starting to open, sometimes I just want to jump right in on that. And, uh, you know, I, you know, it's, I'm going to go back to Bitcoin. You know, if you sold Bitcoin at, at 45,000, yeah you missed the peak man you could have sold for 60 you know what but you didn't sell at 30 so you know and that's where it's that's where it depends, how, it depends, how, much,
0: depends how much you bought it at right right exactly but if you
3: bought it if you bought it um you know it, it, and the thing is and this is where that analogy f- falls apart whatever you bought julio for you've had his production for you know since you've gotten him um you know if you bought him a year ago, you might not be as happy with the production you've gotten. Uh, you might have paid a little bit higher price than you should have. But if you bought them, you know, three or four years ago, you got a lot of production out of them. I mean, you know, it's a little bit of a sunk cost. You know, it's, it, it's you know, when you drive the Ferrari off the lot, you know, you know, you know you're not going to get for it when you sell it what you paid for it. Uh, what, you, what you get out of it is the enjoyment of driving that Ferrari. So that's... That's how it is with Julio or any of those other, uh, you know, once past greats who, uh, you know, we know they're not going back to what they were again, but, you know, you've, you've just got to decide, is that production worth it? Or should I just go ahead and and take this window and sell now?
0: Theo, anything to add with um, the Julio move? I, I, you know, we kind of touched it, you know, I, I touched on it as we talked about AGB there, but, uh, definitely a big splash in the NFL and a lot of domino effect, right? With so if we look at at Atlanta, maybe we go to Atlanta because we talked a bit about Tennessee. Dan covered a bit of Tennessee there, but where where do you see the changes in Atlanta? Does does you know you know my opinion on on Pitts, Cal Pitts? Yeah.
3: I, uh, I, I mean, I'll if take- this wasn't a,
0: if this wasn't a veteran, I think we were initially a new veteran, so I didn't throw Pitts in there, but he would have been for me a, a nice sell right now. Why don't you touch on the Atlanta offense post Julio trade?
2: So I think that the obvious winner is Calvin Ridley. I think for redraft and and for dynasty, um, I think that Calvin Ridley could, could, I think he's one of the better bets to lead the NFL in targets this year. Um, I think that he'll be over 160. Um, Last year, Stephon Diggs led the league in targets. I believe it was 165, 166, something like that. Um, And I think that uh, Calvin Ridley will hit that number. Um, his splits without Julio were always good. Um, he's a very, very talented player. Um, and I think that he's, a, he's a guy you, you want uh, in redraft and in dynasty. Um, and I think that I'll take the contrarian view from from you. I think that Kyle Pitts right now, you have to start buying into it a little bit. Because if you start projecting out the targets, it's very hard for Kyle Pitts to have less than 100 targets. And I think more likely than not, he's going to he's going to touch 120 targets. So I think that, um, you know, is he going too high in redraft? Even if he hits that target, probably, but it it, it could happen. Um, I don't think you want to if you're if you're a high volume player. I don't think you want to walk away with with no Kyle Pitts this season. Let's put it like that. I think you want to you want to have some Kyle Pitts because I think it could happen really quickly. Um, I think that a sneaky player that this might bump up a little bit is Mike Davis. I think Mike Davis, um, I hate to kind of talk up the, the, uh, the running back guys, guys. I think that a lot of times guys like Mike Davis can get you in trouble um, because, you know, he's never been drafted this high and we're going to take a a leap of faith and, and draft him a little higher this year. Sometimes those, those running back dead zone guys can, can get you in a whole lot of trouble, but I do think that he will see a, a decent target share for running back from the running back position. Uh, so to me, um, he could be a sneaky winner here. Um, Dan brought up a great point last week on, on on Hayden Hurst, how he's basically free. And I think that that's um, another name. And one name that I, I can't get behind is I think that there's been a lot of love on Twitter the last couple days for for Russell Gage. I, there's, a, there's a ton of people who... Russell Gage now. I think Russell Gage is a is a is a purgatory player. He's not a guy that's gonna do anything for you. Um I think you could find Russell Gage's production in other places and I think that um Zacchaeus is gonna compete with him. So I, I don't I don't get the the Russell Gage love, but I think that um is gonna still pass pass the hell out of the ball. Um, Matt Ryan will run over four thousand yards like he does every single year. Um, and I think that the 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 guy I really want um, is Ridley. I think Ridley is just just the smash value. I know we're all big big fans of his, especially in redraft.
3: Yeah, I I, I pretty much agree with everything that uh, Theo said. You know, I think as, as far as uh, dynasty goes, Gage and uh, uh, Zacchaeus or you know Olamide, they're they're purgatory players. So they're not going to give you anything really huge. You know they're are the kind of players that can be useful for a week or two. That if you need to throw into a flex, you can throw into a flex. But you know you probably want to be uh, spending your your final roster spots and dynasty on players that have a little bit more chance at getting some upside. Uh, I definitely like the Hayden Hurst angle there because I do think uh, you know the Falcons paid for him and they they do plan to use him. And I think uh, with with uh, Julio going uh now all of a sudden you've got room for Pitts and you've got room for hayden hurst as well so i, I you know and the thing is you know we got to remember Pitts is a rookie and uh you know so i think Hurst, even if uh you know even if they played the exact same position you know like in the exact same role in the offense uh, you know hurst is probably going to be good early in the season uh they i don't think they're going to play the same role in the offense i think they're going to use them both on the field a lot at the same time and so I don't see anything wrong with uh, with Hearst there as well. So uh, the other thing I want to get back to just real quick on uh, on Tennessee, uh, you know, talk, relating to Julio himself. This one, uh, this is a little tidbit that came from uh, our, our good friend, and GOAT, uh, Randy Young, uh, Memphis at DFF Memphis. And uh, or excuse me, DWZ Memphis. I'm living in the past. Uh, And he pointed out Julio has not played 80% of Atlanta's offensive snaps. His best was 2018 when he was at 77.17% of total offensive snaps. I mean, so that tells you what Tennessee just bought, you know, and and that's not to say that Julio can't do a lot of good for the Tennessee offense, you know, even at 60% of snaps or whatever, whatever it might be. You know, if he can give you several games with 90% snaps, that's great. Uh, even if he's only playing at, you know, 70% snaps for all the games, I think that's still going to be great. So, uh, you know, there's a there's a lot to think about in that he is going to take a lot of pressure off. He's going to make Tannehill better with the percentage of snaps he's getting. But if you're looking for Julio to turn into the Julio gold and, you know, have, uh, you know, 1300 yards and you know seven eight TDs I don't think that's going to happen
0: yeah I think you got to manage expectations go ahead Theo yeah
2: I mean I think Dan Dan nailed it I think that um you know a successful year for for this year is is a wide receiver two season and I think that's fine um you know I think that he's going to get maybe 120 targets something like that and I think that um you know he he can have similar production last year points per game wise. I think he's a wide receiver too. I think AJ Brown is wide receiver one, and I think that it um I think that's kind of the way it's it's gonna it's gonna land. But to think that they're trading for Julio Jones to to target him 145 150 times is it's just it's not happening. I just don't I don't understand people see thinking of him as you know. Gaining value from this trade. I think he's pretty much the same as if he would have stayed in Atlanta. He's a wide receiver too this
0: year. Simple, simple guys. Tennessee, 30th in pass attempts. Atlanta, number four in pass attempts. Is is their defense getting any better? Tell me, guys. Atlanta, not getting any better, right? right. Did Did the quarterback change? Quarterback didn't change. Ridley's there. Like if anything, I'm going to the Tannehill Tana owner with my Julio share or anyone who thinks that Julio and AJB can both coexist in top five, top 10 receiver world or top 15, whatever. Um, I think like you said, best case scenario, Theo, is is wide receiver two out of Julio. Um, I think similar to what I said about DK, he, he might win you weeks, but I don't think he's going to win you your league. So – I think don't go overpay on Julio. Maybe AJ Brown becomes a bit of a value because you've got a small percentage of your league mates that are going to dock him points because Julio is is there now. Same with Ferkser, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to overvalue Tannehill now that they've added uh, Julio. But in Superflex, you never know, right? So if there's an opportunity there, maybe you take advantage of that. You look at the guy who's own... Who owns Julio? Who owns AJB? Um, try to upgrade your quarterback situation, maybe. All right, guys, this was um, this was fun. We were very profesh. We kept it at one twenty-three-ish. Not bad. It's better than usually. We go like <laughs> we're at least like uh, two hours. Yeah, at least two hours usually. So, so we're we're trying stuff. to trim it down. I'm trying to trim it down a bit uh guys don't forget brady and global all the goat gear just comfortable stuff uh shirts hoodies i'm gonna cover my face here hats we've got the the goat shirt i i I said it last last week i got the goat shirt um i finally received it the other day just because uh the shipments were being held a bit uh, coming up north of the border here but uh man is that thing comfortable and shout out to Matty Big Chest because that golden goat head logo looks looks pretty legit on that shirt. So if you won your 2020 season, this is a must-have right here. You've got the 2020 champ number one, the 112, the goat. Nice little long sleeve tee. So go check it out, reading Global. I know they're redesigning the uh, the site right now, and uh, you can get all your goat gear on there. Guys, tonight was a ton of fun. These are my favorite shows, um, and and for you watching, it seems like you guys agree because we did uh, ten RBs and receivers to buy uh, a few weeks ago, and and that's by far our biggest our biggest showing with uh, with regards to the views. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate this. You guys smashing that like button right now because the like like button is like a millisecond of your life a millisecond of your energy your fuel of the day and it helps us more than you can imagine so we appreciate that i appreciate hanging with these two studs every week because they make me look good i have no hair you know i don't have any good takes these guys just they do it all for me i just i just they just make me look good man so hopefully you guys are tuning in weekly to listen to what you get these guys have to say i'll go to theo first theo man it's always a blast Tell them about all your goodness. You're dropping some some really good stuff on um, on the breakout finder. Uh, you've got you know you've got all the goodness on on this network. Remind the people where it's at and and give them a little parting action.
2: Yeah, you can find my writing on uh, player profiler and uh, breakout finder. I got a couple of articles coming up. Um, I have some stuff in in um, the draft kit this year, which I'm excited about. And yeah, you can find me in the Goat District. We have some um, really awesome episodes coming up. Uh, this month and um, yeah, it's going to be a really, really fun June for us.
0: Yeah. Theo's bringing in some serious, I guess like he's been reaching out to some high stakes studs uh, again, man. We just, we bring proven goodness, you know, guys that have done it winners, come, winners. Exactly. That's, that's a, that's a, this is where winners come to hang and Theo has been reaching out to, you know, spreading the guest list really nicely. So guys make sure you smash the subscribe you tune in, don't miss any of the goodness. Dan, share your flow. Give give us your your, uh, end of show flow and uh, anything else you want to share,
3: brother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, honestly, if you want to go out there and find a podcast where people are telling you to sell people that nobody wants to buy, those podcasts are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. Uh, You know, we all know everybody wants to sell, uh, you know, Derrick Henry and they want to sell Keenan Allen and they want to sell, you know, all, all these guys that are old and everybody knows they're past their peak. Uh, if you want to find out, you know, this show was exactly what you need. You know, what players that people really want to buy, do you, can you sell? Should you sell? Uh, you know, and that's the kind of thing we're, we're committed to giving you every week here. Uh, you know, not just the, the, the same takes you're going to see everywhere on Twitter, but where the takes are going to help you. Be a step ahead of your league mates what are you get how are they going to help how are these takes going to help you win so uh please stick with us we've got a as as uh jd was talking about we got a ton of great guests upcoming i can't wait to talk to these guys because i've played in league in leagues against them i've seen the leagues that they play in that i'm not in and i'm watching them win a ton uh anytime i'm going up against them they are a very very tough out I feel uh, like I've really accomplished something when I have beat them. So uh, they're they're players that they're uh, fantasy players that you really really want to to find out about. So hang with us in these upcoming weeks. We're going to make you a better player.
0: Hundred percent, guys. Dan Dan nailed it. Theo nailed it. We hope that you uh, got some goodness out of tonight. Hopefully, you can uh, sculpt your rosters out there in Dynasty Land. Add some value. Add some goodness to it based on some of these moves. Like Dan said. We're talking specifics, man. We're bringing you specifics and not only specifics that we're dreaming up in our head. These are specifics that we've actually gone out there and done ourselves to improve our own rosters. So get ahead of the herd, you know, get in the willing cut, winning column, build, build that dynasty, man. Tune in every week, at least once a week, we bring goodness. I talked earlier in the show between balling, try flexing commissioner evaluation I mean, we cover every aspect of your fantasy game to make you better. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you stick with us the rest of this offseason. Like I said, smash the like, smash the subscribe. Guys, stay safe, be happy, and we'll check you all.
4: Later. Later.